This is episode number 22 with Mitchell Woods Performance Coach. Welcome to the Love Over Fear podcast, where each episode we bring you inspiring conversations with athletes and other high performers and practical coaching sessions designed to support emerging athletes to build confidence, enhance self-belief and handle pressure so they can perform at their best in the sport they love. I'm Mitchell Woods Performance Coach. Thank you for joining me and now let the show begin. Hey guys, welcome back to the Love Over Fear podcast. I appreciate you being here on this latest episode, which is the first of a practical session that I'm going to be adding into the fold of what the Love Over Fear podcast is all about. You'll still hear the interview style conversations with athletes and other high performers coming through over time. It's just that I'm having so many unique conversations on that mental emotional level with the emerging athlete population or hearing stories from successful athletes and the challenges they went through when they were coming up as an emerging athlete and I felt like the perfect way to connect and bring more value to you guys the audience is to share it right here on the podcast so this will be the first session that I'm running this sort of coaching or insight building style episode Uh, and but before I get into that I want to just share and reiterate a little bit about where you can find me and what my business is all about I'm running a online mental emotional coaching business for emerging athletes to help them perform at their best within the sport they love and I do one-on-one coaching sessions with different various packs to suit your needs. Uh, There is also a program I run it's called the Meta Athlete Coaching Program. It's specifically designed to enhance confidence, self-belief and to help you handle pressure so you can perform at your best within the sport that you love and once again that's dedicated to that mental emotional development aspect of the emerging athlete and if you guys love the podcast or you feel like there's some content here that you feel like a loved one or a friend or a colleague needs to hear please share these episodes you know just send a direct dm link to people put us up on your instagram stories wherever you feel like people will be able to hear this message i'd really appreciate this starting to get out there because the more and more i talk about this it's just a conversation that's not happening enough so i believe it's something that people need to hear more while they're going on their journey of developing themselves that emerging journey within sport Um, you can also put me up on your instagram stories and tag me at mitchell woods performance coach i'd really love to uh, see what you guys are getting from these episodes as i start to unleash them into the world so without further ado let's get into this i've got three topics i'm going to be talking about today so it's gonna be quite a relatively short episode looking to be under about 20 minutes so i hope you enjoy it The first topic that I want to talk about today is called nausea in sport or feeling kind of like sick or queasy in your stomach before you embark onto the sporting field or whatever it is that you're doing um, pre-match. I've had a couple examples, one with a client of mine and with an established um, Super 15 rugby athlete I was talking to the other day about how he felt before training and also before games and What I'm getting at here and what I think is happening to people and also what used to happen to me is that people are feeling a a heavy dose of anxiety. And when I think about anxiety, I feel like 
myself or emerging athletes or the people I just mentioned who I spoke to has really put themselves in the future, meaning they're so far removed away from the present that their body is severely disconnected from where they are. And that creates a bit of a pull and drives that level of anxiety, which for mine and my experience shows that someone is, as I said, just heavily locked into the future. That creates a huge disconnection within the body and a lack of control in that present moment and sort of wanting to control what's coming in the future and not having the capacity and ability to be in a process and stay present with what's at hand in the moments that are leading up to the actual training and or game or performance or whatever it is that you you are doing. So in summary there, it's a huge drive for someone wanting to have control and to be in that future moment performing, but they're just not there yet. You know, the game hasn't started, the match hasn't started yet. So the way in which I feel you can start to implement some tools and techniques to overcome that nausea, that drive, that sort of stuck in the future moment that you find yourself in is simply, and it sounds kind of cliche, learning how to be in the moment. And that's all good and well to say that, you know, like be present and be in the moment uh, and to be mindful of where you are. The only real way that you can invest or, or one of the um, you know, scientifically verified proven ways of how you can bring your uh, perception of yourself back into the moment is via the tool of meditation. And I'll unravel how that works a little bit here now. So, so when you meditate, and let's just say you're using the example of focusing on your breath. There's lots of different ways to meditate, but in this example, which is one of the techniques that I give in the first week of the Meta Athlete Coaching Program, is breath-focused meditation. And so when you're sitting there upright with your eyes closed and you're allowing the effortless sensation of breath to pass in your nose and out of your nose, your mind will start to wander. But the interesting thing about that is that people perceive that when their mind wanders, that they're not meditating, that they're doing it wrong, that they can't do it, that it's just not meant for them. It's not true because depending on which research article you read, you're having upwards of 50,000 thoughts a day. So that brain, that mind is really wired into thinking and having thoughts and having more and more thoughts rolling into more and more thoughts. So it's a huge tsunami of thoughts that we're going through from the moment we wake up in the day uh, to when we go to sleep at night. And then even uh, when we're sleeping, we're having dreams and thoughts are coming through there as well. So to create a practice around meditation where you are looking to just focus on one thing for an extended period of time, and that's called single point focus meditation. We're just using the breath as, as an example here. And so when you're breathing effortless fluid breath in and out of your nose in a very smooth Uh, fluid tempo, the idea here is that you want to feel the sensation of the breath as it passes in and out of your nose. And when you're doing that, that is what you want your central point of focus to be, the feeling, the sensation of the breath. And that's the only thing that you want to be entertaining or focused on in that moment. Now, the natural thing that happens here is that your mind wanders 
it shifts onto thinking about dinner or the sporting performance you've got to attend to or the training that you've got to get to or, or whatever that may be there in the future, coming back to our example of feeling anxiety because you want to be in the future and already performing, that happens again and again and again. Your mind will wander and you'll have to go, oh, my mind's wandered again. The nature of the mind is to wander and have thoughts. That's okay come back to feeling the effortless sensation of breath as it passes in and out of your nose. And so over time, what happens is a few things. You get really good at becoming aware of when your mind has wandered off, and that's fantastic. And the the key clencher there is that when that happens, you go back to your breath. So every time you come back to your breath, you're strengthening, you know, what I like to call is your your faculty of focus, your ability to stay on task, present with what you are looking to focus on here within this example, which is the feeling of the sensation of your breath as it passes in and out of your nose. Another really cool thing that I found in my meditation practice and um, teaching others over time as well is a level of acceptance of what you're working with. Now, you know, if we look at athletes, high performers, you know, and I've come from this place myself, uh, there's a high level of perfectionism and wanting to do really well here and or in whatever it is that you're doing. And if things don't go the way you want them to or things change or the referee does this or the weather's y, X, Y, and Z, you know, different things are happening all the time. So the same sort of thing is happening with your mind. It's almost like uncontrollable the way in which the mind works, which is similar to our external environment at times. So when you're sitting there and you're meditating and you start to accept and stop judging your mind for what it's doing, and when you realize that your, your, your mind has wandered off and you just accept it and you're not judging yourself for that and you effortlessly come back to what it is that you need to be focusing on. That is a massive transferable life skill that you can bring to life, as I just said, but but also into the sporting field. The referee calls you offside, but you didn't think you're offside. Instead of getting angry and frustrated with the ref about that call, you have a higher capacity to accept what is and not lose yourself to negative emotion, anger, and frustration in that moment you have a higher capacity of acceptance of what is. The reality is the referee has blown the whistle. It's happened. You're going to be marched, if we're talking about rugby league, you're going to be marched back, um, you know, however so many metres, the, the op- opposition, typically speaking, the usual the, the halfback or the 5'8 is going to kick the ball out and they're going to tap the ball, you know, somewhere between 20 to 40 metres down the field from when you had your foot over the line and the referee thought you were... Um, off, in an offside position. The point of this is, is that the meditation is a great key to helping you to fall into acceptance and to be present. And so if you've been marched back 40 meters down the field, you can accept that. But more importantly, you can be present. And even more importantly, what your coaches will love you for doing, which is to getting your mind on your on the job of what is at hand. For the meditation, it's to be focusing on the effortless sensation of breath. On the sporting field, it's for you to be dialed in to defending your try line rather than being angry and frustrated about what happened 40 meters up the field. So the beauty of meditation really is to drive us out of the future and what's happened in the past, 
to put us into the present moment, to help us to become really dialed in and connected into what we're meant to be doing, but more importantly, to allow what's going on around us externally and to give us the capacity to be way more flexible with what our um, skills and techniques uh, and our overall performance will allow us to uh, exude into that moment of play. So that's the first one, uh, the nausea before sport. It really took us down a road of um, how to get out of that state, which is to be present and to use meditation as a tool to do that. And I just went on and shared some benefits and some, some specifics within sport. The next topic is uh, one that's come up a few times uh, with clients and athletes asking me about it. And it's almost like when someone comes to me and they're thinking they, they want to learn how to meditate or they want to learn how to you know work with their mind better, a lot of sport has a place or, or a way in which it applies external pressure to us. And that can come in the form of crowds, uh, TV, you know, cameras on us, or you know, friends and family watching us, or coaches and, and support staff, and, and, you know, even our own teammates. It's almost like this, this whole external load of everyone watching us is, is something that is so huge. And I used to suffer with that. And I remember back in year eight, you know, I was trying to give a, a speech and I was just standing there shaking and quivering based on the fact that I was worried so much about what other people thought of me. And so it's natural for you to want to kind of block that out and for you to then just focus on the task at hand. And that that's a really good idea. But I've been hearing that from a lot of athletes that are like, oh, I just want to block out this. I want to block out that. But if you think about it, let's say if you go and play, you know, rugby league for New South Wales or, you know, whatever team you're playing for at a rep level or, um, you know, club representative level or you're in a academy team or whatever it is, whenever you go away from your home ground, you're going to feel a little bit different. And what I'm trying to get at here is that I want you to get to a place within your sport where you're just happy to be who you are with your skills and your skill set, no matter where you are, whether it's at training, you're at the home field for a game, or you're, you're at, an, at an away match. Because if you are looking to rock up at those various locations and are feeling as if you can block it all out, I feel like you're missing the point. And that is that life's about experiencing the fullness and the totalness of life. And so, if we're going, and we'll use the New South Wales uh, Rugby League player as an example, going to play at Suncorp Stadium, you know, the heart of Queensland Rugby League, it's a hostile environment. You know, people aren't going to be saying very nice things to you. I understand that you don't want to allow those, you know, unkind gestures to be infiltrating you and putting off your game. But I, I feel like, you know, you as an athlete don't really want to push that away. In fact, what I would suggest is that you want to be able to create some so much depth and groundedness and poise and connection to yourself that you can allow your environment or uh, to have an awareness of your environment, but it doesn't pull you off your game. So instead of creating disconnection from you and your environment, 
I feel like the key moving forward here is to create an internal environment that is so aligned, so connected, so dialed, so grounded that anything that's happening external to you isn't going to, um, you know, knock you off your perch of what, perch of whatever it is that you need to be focusing on within your sport, within that moment, and. So, you know, using meditation as an example, it's like really we're coming back to, you know, one single point of focus. And after you you get really good at that over a time period, you build this feeling as if things are very quiet and very still and very serene. And that doesn't, you don't get those insights all the time, but you do gain more access to that uh, the more and more you sit and meditate uh, or, you know, look to remove your perception of what you feel is stressful for you in your life. You know, uh, any sort of athlete would really love the challenge of overcoming what is going on around them externally and to succeed, not to block that out, not to disconnect from it. And and really the analogy that I feel like you can access with removing your perception of the external stresses or... Um, you know, using meditation as a way to create inner stillness for yourself is that you you become the rock. You know, imagine that big, heavy rock in the river. You sit there. Everything flows around you. You are extremely cool. You're solid and you're very grounded. And you don't need to change who you are. Everything else just gets to move around you and you become that central pillar that, you know, if you're an individual sport, you are that pillar for yourself. Or if you're in a, in a team environment, we all know those players that kind of exude what I just said the characteristics are of that rock, that flow, that being cool, that solid, that grounded element that we typically um, give to the role of our captains. And that is, uh, you know, once again, using the idea of meditation to help create an inner space that that has all those qualities so you can enjoy and absorb or let it let those moments that are happening around you from support staff coaches friends family crowds whatever those external things that you feel are distracting you to not become so much of an issue on to the last one which is an interesting one it kind of ties into the the ones we had above but had a conversation recently about someone who has a busy mind. They're, they're a big thinker, uh, and it has it has become a bit of a problem. But it's also a way in which um, you know individuals who are big thinkers they they really do need to think and analyze to get through life. And, and for the most part, it's been quite a successful thing for them. Uh, the way they, they, they think and they, they assess and they're very diligent with their thoughts and so on, it, it's gotten them to where they are. And, and the idea of what I'm suggesting to them, which is, which their perception of it is that they think that I'm saying to them to think less. I'm not necessarily saying you're going to become this person who has no thoughts and you're just going to be on this sort of on one track, you know, in the moment that with a mind that doesn't think, I mean, you're going to need to be making decisions. We just know in sport when it's happening in the heat of the moment, it's almost like we're not thinking. It's just like a reaction, a positive reaction to what needs to be happening on the field, those moments when we're in flow. That's kind of what I'm wanting you to gain access to versus, 
you know, if we use uh, someone who, who's making tactical decisions, like let's look at a coach, for instance. Let's switch away from the athlete. A coach has all these decisions they need to be implementing based on the information they're receiving from the field or, you know, someone like in a key position, we'll use rugby league as an example, like a halfback. Am I going, we're, we're attacking their try line. Am I going to kick? Am I going to grubber? Am I going to pass? Am I going to send the ball back inside? I mean, there's so many different options that the best players we can see pull out the best card for what the moment is for them in front of them. And the analogy here that I I want you to use is like, if you're a thinker in sport, I don't want you to not think. I don't want you to not analyze. But it's like this. If you had an axe and you were just chopping trees down all the time with the axe, you know that's a, a really great tool to chop down trees with. But if you know anything about chopping down trees with an axe, it gets blunt over time or uh, becomes less effective. So if we're constantly thinking and analyzing and going over things with a really busy mind, we find that, or I found with clients and also myself, I don't give myself the appropriate rest to sharpen the ax. The next time I go out there to cut down trees, um, the ax is blunt and I can't cut down the trees as fast as I would like to. So in the example of using meditation here, where you can use meditation as a tool to create a space where we're focusing on one thing for an extended period of time, you know, five, 10, maybe 20 minutes, where we're in this example, using the breath as something to be a central point of focus. If we have a thought, you know, it's not time for thinking now, busy mind, busy mind. We're just looking to be here and, and focus on this effortless sensation of breath. And so what happens over time, you know, for your meditation is that the thoughts become less and less and your ability to stay focused on your breathing becomes more and more. That's the trade-off that happens over time. And what I see and what I've experienced myself and what I've seen other athletes achieve as well is that when they get to big moments or just general moments out there on the field or in training or in just in general life, they have a lot more of a crispness to themselves in terms of not being too muddled and jumbled up with a thousand thoughts coming into their minds at once. And if we take this podcast episode as an example, I'm just letting my thoughts flow with a couple of dot points on the screen. This isn't written out word for word. Uh, My example of performance and how meditation has helped me overcome a very jumbled and busy mind I was working at Cricket New South Wales one time and a coach asked me like, what am I going to be doing with the team that I'm looking after? And I couldn't articulate a succinct, natural flowing paragraph after paragraph unveiling understanding to this coach about what it is that I was going to do with this group of athletes. A thousand thoughts came at once. I went red in the face. I felt my neck become really constricted. I was like really dry in my mouth. You know, I was tongue-tied. It's that cliche tongue-tied thing that I believe comes from a mind that's just off the leash, running rampant, and there's no conditioning, there's no control, there's been no work done on it to refine how it can process things in a linear, efficient manner for you to converse, express yourself. And if we tie it back into the sporting example here, to have thoughts in a way that are productive where you can assess your external environment, have 
thoughts about what is happening and perceive your external environment and then make the best decision the off the best thought that you've had to create the best play and outcome for yourself or your team out there on the field. So once again, I feel like it's like sharpening the axe is the analogy that can be used in that example of, you know, someone who is struggling with a busy mind. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Just to recap, we went over um, anxiety and feeling nausea before sport and how we can work with that. Secondly was uh, trying to, you know, not trying to block out distractions from crowds and fans and things and how we go through that. And then lastly there was how to overcome a busy mind and and looking to, um, you know, sharpen the axe there is the analogy. If you enjoyed this, this mental emotional insight into the conversations that I'm having with the athletes I'm working with, please share this with a friend or a loved one or a teammate or a colleague and help them out because this is not a regular conversation that I'm finding in sport. Sure, we've got the technical and tactical coaches doing their amazing work. We've got the, the world of strength and conditioning, which has just come through leaps and bounds and exercise science in the last 20 years. And that's doing amazing things to support the athletes. But these little idiosyncrasies of, you know, nausea before sport, you know, a busy mind, wanting to push a crowd out of an individual's mind, you know, it's stuff that isn't happening. So definitely please share it. I'd really appreciate it. And, you know, share this episode of the Love Over podcast on your Instagram stories and tag me in it at Mitchell Woods Performance is my Instagram handle. I'd love to see what you guys think about the show. So wherever you can, uh, I know on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review, a five-star review that would help bump us up the rankings on where we sit in, in this space. Uh, and once again, you can find me at my Instagram at Mitchell Woods Performance. Um, the offerings for my business, my one-on-one coaching and my Meta Athlete course where I go and support athletes on topics just like this. And you can find all that information on my website, www.mitchellwoods.com.au. Um, once again, thank you for listening to the Love Over Fear podcast and I look forward to seeing you or hearing you listening to this episode on here soon. Thanks very much, guys. Bye.